You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Hit the button, bro. All right, well, we're going to the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. Now we going live, baby. Hit the f-ing switch. Let's go. We're here to set some shit on fire. What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, I am at a dinner table with three other humans that I really, really enjoy. I have Michael Gray, Heidi Gray, and Megan Lascotti, and we are just kind of all hanging out due to this current situation with the coronavirus, and we're just spending some good time together at a dinner table. So Six feet apart. Exactly. Well, you and I are about that far apart. Yes. Our, our significant others are closer to us than other people, but that's about it. If it's okay. That's allowed. If you're married or like if you're, they're your person, it, the six feet rule kind of goes away, right? It's sleep squashed. one foot away from her. Yeah. So what is, so what, why is that? Why is what? Why is it the six feet like not a thing to your spouse? I don't know. If she was sick, I probably would stay oh, a ways away. I was staying more than six feet away from this one when she was sick. But you would still bring me stuff. Oh yeah, we had so. we had a just to be clear, we had a twenty four hour stomach virus that was strictly vomiting and maybe some other things for Megan, but not anything COVID related. I promise. Are you sure? We're not one hundred percent sure because we do not know. We are not physicians. You might have the antibodies. Oh, maybe. All right. Well, that was a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys and later. You guys yeah. are welcome to leave. Well, now. we love just kind of talking. We probably sat at this this table before without these microphones and just had a really good conversation. So we thought we'd just kind of record this one and see where it goes. Yeah, you didn't even tell them you're at my house oh, yeah. sitting around a table that I built with my bare hands. You really built this with your hands? I built it. I stained it. It's it's me. Really? I signed the bottom of it. Did you really? Ooh. I did. Wow, now you're going to have to like Instagram it. Yeah, like Instagram I made this table. table. Uh, we were at Spencer's last We were at Spencer's the other night. Uh, way before all of this virus social <laughs> gathering rules, um, and she has a table like the at as well that she made. It's like a big slab of wood and stained it. I was really very nice. impressed. Yeah. That's I cool. was. I think her dad helped her a lot. But That's so still. the first question that we'll go around the table and answer is: If you could interview anyone in a podcast through history, anyone, who would it be and why? Ladies first. To start with Megan. I already had mine in yeah. the arsenal. Did he, did he give this to you ahead of time? No. Just maybe a couple minutes before you were here. <laughs> but this is my, this was actually, it's a Lululemon interview question that I've had before. And on a podcast or just Not interview? a podcast, but who would you want to like sit down and like interview-esque or just talk to? And mine is Ellen DeGeneres. I just want to talk to her. That'd I think fun, she's right? fun. Yeah, it's just funny. And she always has something kind or funny to share would you want to dance with her i would totally <laughs> dance with her as long as actually so this is a double she, double part mind. i would love for ellen degeneres and twitch so that's her dj mm. on set if he came and i would love to dance with both of them and have a great podcast Do you think ellen's funny or just the writers of the show are really funny no comment okay it could be okay she could be really funny or she could not be have you ever seen seen comedians in cars getting <laughs> coffee I have. Have you seen the, the episode with her? I haven't. She was, interestingly, she was kind of dry and serious, which you would have thought she's just silly. Like Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey all the time. Ellen mm. just seemed normal, which mm. is interesting. Heidi said that verbatim, the same thing that you just said before you were here. Oh. Yep. Did you? You should watch it. It's it. interesting. I, 
I think that's why I also like Ellen because not only because I don't see her like I don't watch her stand up. I don't necessarily know her from that. I know her from her show, which she's funny on her show. Yeah, and her stand up is amazing too. That yeah, I have seen it, but more so her like just being like a conversationalist and her as a human being. I want to pick her brain and just how she's been like gotten to where she is. And so as far as a podcast, that's who I'd want. You think like. Ellen has a podcast? No, if she, if she's, she's got, got a TV it. show. But she should have both. She should come on this podcast. <laughs> well, Ellen, you if you're come, listening, come on, we'd interview you. She's holed up in her house right now. She's got nothing to do. She's Ellen. been making phone calls, so maybe. I mean, how do hard it. is it to be rich and in quarantine? Let's be honest. Like, Ellen's house is probably like a palace. Mm. Right. She's probably bowling and, you know, has a jacuzzi, hot tub. This is totally in her stand-up, by the way. Her oh, newest really? one on Netflix <laughs> talks <laughs> all about her. I didn't even she had a new one. Yeah, it talks all about how she's like so rich, but I'm just like you. I'm just like you. And <laughs> then I just call my butler, and blah, 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 but I'm just like you. It, it's oh, That's funny. We'll have to watch that. Uh-oh, we have a visitor. What's up, dude? So when you put the kids to bed <laughs> and they come out. You're just making more editing say? for me. Uh, I love just you. want a hug? Okay, yes. hugs are okay. No more. Good night. Uh, Heidi, <laughs> who... Who would you podcast with and why? Is it alive right now today? Anyone. In dead or alive? See, that's that's harder for me because alive today, her name is Francine Rivers and she's my favorite author. She's an amazing author. So look her up if you've never read something by Francine Rivers. She writes women's books, but you should. I've read so a lot of them. So what do you mean by good. women's books? Yeah. Sexist. She used to be, didn't, <laughs> didn't she used to be a uh, Harlequin romance writer? Yes. All right. But I thought Web, you were going somewhere else books. with that. <laughs> men's didn't, books, she, didn't she used to be a <laughs> something else? Men's books have less words and more pictures. <laughs> yes. And coloring guidelines. Yeah. But I think in like a history person, I would want to um, interview a strong woman like Harriet Tubman mm. or... Uh, Rosa Parks or someone who really stood up for something that they believed in in a time when women weren't heard as well or didn't have those roles. I'd be really interested to to hear what they had to say and, and how they got the strength to do that kind of stuff. Do you think that they were, when they were acting or doing whatever they were, not acting, but when they were doing the tasks that made them super famous, do you think they were doing it with the intention to be like, this is a small step for women or like, no. do you think they were just acting in the moment? Yep. I do. Especially uh, like Rosa Parks, right? Like she wasn't doing anything that she wasn't not allowed to do. She just didn't want to stand up and give her spot away. So I don't think that she was thinking, man, I am just going to throw this civil rights movement on its head and rock this out. I think she was just saying enough is enough. I can sit in this spot. Let's, let's look at humans for, humans i wonder how many acts in in history like that are just people just acting in that moment and then significantly like we look back in textbooks and it's them that we're talking about i mean i think harriet tubman was just trying to help her people yeah. or just trying to help someone and that that led to another thing and led to another thing like she was just acting on what was right and what was wrong she wasn't acting to be like this is my my platform and i'm going to stand on this and right this is what it's going to change everything forever but it seems that i quite it did make a big impact. Right. I'm I'm trying to decide if I want to go like historical musician or her historical president or I think I'm leaning towards Theodore Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Just because the impact 
that he had on the United States with the National Park Service and just he the teddy bear like did like things like that he made a lasting impact on 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 the world really without i mean he was did he do two terms i'm not sure but yeah, if he he was able to so. make a huge impact on the like the way we see the the earth now which is really cool the ideals and the ideas that he had in in the whatever time he was elected was it 40s no earlier before that well i don't know my president timeline but I mean, just to set up the National Park Service to to know in that time, maybe close to 100 years ago now, to, to know that land was important and that if we weren't conscious of our efforts of conserving land and putting stuff apart so we couldn't, he knew that people would ruin everything. <laughs> he kind of had that kind of forward thought. So Yeah. Do you know he lost his wife early on in their marriage? Like they had a young kid and really that broke him, man. Like he had a, he's got an interesting story. I think there should be a movie about that guy. There's, there's probably some movies, but there's definitely, he's in uh night at the museum. <laughs> well, that's a good feature of no, him. I'm just kidding. I think McConaughey would be a good Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. With the glasses. McConaughey's good in it. He's, he's a good actor, but <laughs> I've seen documentaries on him. He's, he's, he's a very interesting guy. And the park service thing is a huge one, but you should talk about the new Instagram account that i, oh, I connected you parks with. so one star parks one star parks on instagram is just the reviews of national parks that people gave bad ratings to mm-hmm. like it's just what they thought of it like michael what was it like the it was like smoky the great smokies national park it was like was a lot of hills right that was there so our own national park was like pretty good if you like cactus <laughs> like right that's why you come here it rained a lot it, or like it was a lot it was hard to see it was like the grand canyon it was like it was a big hole in the ground yeah <laughs> it was just it's ridiculous reviews of probably the most beautiful things on earth and that's at subpar parks on instagram it's was it very, subpar or is it sub, one star subpar parks i think okay. or one star parks who knows so close second would probably have to be bob marley because i was always obsessed with bob marley as a kid and he's got a pretty interesting story I feel like he would be good on a podcast. You'd have to do that six feet distance thing so you don't catch lice. And Well, <laughs> I don't know if that was actually true. That he had lice? I mean... He they, had to have. Why not? Why do you think that? So everyone, people with dreadlocks have lice? No, not <laughs> That's everyone. That's not what I'm saying. Not everyone. Maybe he did. I've had lice before. <laughs> Is he one of the reasons for your lion tattoo? Uh, your yes. reggae tattoo? I've had a lot of um, people that were into different mindsets with religion and kind of their life so that had a big impact on me and i read about him a lot as a kid and like really made me question a lot of things not in the probably not in the best way but like is this right is this wrong like is this important is this not you should have a conversation with heidi's dad yeah why he wrote one of his master's thesis on rastafarianism Really, he did oh, that'd be really cool i bet he knows a lot more they really dislike white people yes which was like the he, first hurdle I had to go over, but learning about it, I'm like, wow, they, they don't even really like me, and I'm trying to learn about them. My dad traveled to Jamaica lots and lots, probably a dozen or more times, and uh, there would be Rastafarians that would, if, he, if they knew he was coming, would stand outside the church he was preaching in and pound on drums and scream and yell. So try to ruin his service. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I could, I could see why. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. When you think that the white people are coming to change your yes, culture. Yes. Yes. I would be upset too. And that, I mean, 
Reluctantly. Well, if that's what they believe in, and they, if that's what they their... did, though, like, what I is have... white culture like? Uh, that's always been a question to me. Like, I don't even know if someone's like, "Well, you're bringing your culture." I'm like, I don't even. I don't feel like I have got a culture. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I have a white centric culture. Is it at all? I don't think you 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 don't feel it because you don't know anything different. Like the way you are is white culture, just naturally. Which is what? Like, give me an, give me an example. Anyone of it. that knows you knows Michael Gray. <laughs> Knows, knows your I ooze white yeah. culture. <laughs> well, what does that mean? Like, what part of me is white culture? Mm. Like, I don't ever identify <laughs> anything think. in my life with my skin color. I don't. I, I'm on your team with that. Like, I kind of am, like, questioning, like... But you would to, know what I was talking about if I, like, said Hispanic culture or African-American culture. Like, you'd be like, oh, I know what things go along with those cultures. Would you? Yeah. Okay, but... But I think, like, even with white culture, like, you've got, like, redneck culture. Yeah. But so that's not me there's either. There's a bunch of subcategories within this. Okay. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like white culture is, at least my white culture, I like all other cultures. I eat but all kinds of other foods. That's your privilege I, talking. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I got three, like, hard glances just now. <laughs> I, I just, I find that interesting, like, white cult. I just don't, I've never known what that is, and maybe that's not the topic of this podcast, but. <laughs> I just I don't see anything through the lens of my skin color. I really don't. That's a admirable thing. Not a lot of people have that viewpoint, especially where I'm from. Well, okay. being from Utah, I mean, you never really had to deal with those type of like social issues. I think as much as another person would. No, but here in Arizona, certainly. Yeah, I think it's all about how you're raised. When yeah. your mom and dad like don't think that's a big deal, it's not a big deal. But if it is a big deal, it's it's a big deal to you when you're an adult. I think maybe I've got other identities that are inside of me that are far more different than just my skin color. Like there's other identities I view the world with more than my skin color for sure. So, but that's all another topic. So are you done with your interviews? Yes. It would be Bob Marley or Theodore Roosevelt. Who are you? I don't know, man. It'd be tough. I, I could see you doing a mean interview with president Obama. Um, I feel like he's, I feel like you know him well enough now. Like he's too current for me. I would almost like, George Washington. What I've learned about him is he was president at a time where they wanted to make him essentially the king of America again, and he could have had all the power he wanted, and he's just said, no, I don't want it. I want to serve the time I served, and I want to go back and live on my farm. Like, for a man who had power in his grasp and just chose not to use it, um, now maybe he was just being selfish and was just like, no, nah, I just want to be a farmer. Or maybe he understood what this country needed. Like that's huge because I've also done a lot of studying about like, like the cold war and, you know, communist, um, Russia and like how much people just vied for power and staying in power forever. And you look at like Putin wants to be president forever. And, uh, the president of China wants to be president forever. Like men, I don't want to say just man, mankind just like having that power and for him to give it up. It would just be an interesting guy to talk to, I think. Why would you give that up if it was served on a silver platter in front of you? Did you would you think that George Washington would be like pleased with current politics or like would you think we we said we'd run it onto the ground? No, I, I don't think he'd be too surprised because if you read about what politics was like in the early d- days of the of America, like it was pretty harsh. Like they would make fun of each other constantly. I think the way Trump is now, like he's being a jerk to people, I think that was probably commonplace back in the day. I mean, they had duels and stuff and would kill each other over things that were said, right, back in those times. So I think you'd be surprised with how big our government is, but that we don't want to make this a political 
show. <laughs> no, but I'm again. just saying, I don't think he'd be surprised with the rancor in politics. I think that's always kind of been the case. Do you think George Washington could possibly be an asshole? Like, yes. Okay. In he's a good a, way. He's a general of the <laughs> army, man. I mean, of an army that took on the British. I mean, he had to have been hardcore, I would think. It always seems like a lot of people we put historical significance on also have like a lot of skeletons in their closet. Like Martin, like Martin Luther King, like there was a lot of alleged allegations against him and like in his life. Like there's a bunch of people in history that we remember them for their great things, but we kind of like, you know, forget about the other things. Like Bob Marley was a great singer. He was did great music, but he also had 13 wives. And lots of kids. Yeah, lots of kids too. Like he had a lot of kids. But so, I mean, we remember the good parts about the people that are in history. I think it's beneficial to learn to think about the good parts of people as long as you can remember that they were still human. But what our culture likes to do now is find the worst parts and shine the light on that and be like, nope, look how this person is because he said this one time or, or whatever. And that's not understanding humanity, I don't think. You've got to understand that everybody has flaws and George Washington wasn't some you know, heavenly God sent down to bring freedom to America. He was a normal guy like anybody else. He probably struggled with whether or not to keep the power that he was given. You know, Rosa Parks probably wasn't the ideal person in every area of her life. She looked like she could curse somebody out. Like you, you don't want to catch Possibly. a backhand from Rosa. <laughs> Ellen, she may actually be who she looks like. She, you know, she just seems like a great person. So Ellen I, I looks wouldn't like say she that doesn't about tip Ellen. well. Like, that's what's wrong with Ellen. She doesn't tip well. Doesn't tip well. She, how are we going to get her on the podcast if we're talking oh, well, about her? Well, maybe she can leave us a tip. <laughs> All right, the next question that I have. That I think, we're talking a lot, you and me. Let's yeah, get the, the girls in Okay, here. the girls. You guys can start off with the next question. All right. What are some challenges you think the next generation will face? This is like you guys are Miss America now. Goodness. I would say world peace. <laughs> the perfect date. There's a lot of there's a lot of challenges. I think that. Well, think about your kids and <sighs> the potential things that they're going to have to deal with. Goodness, that's scary, frightening. Coronavirus for one. <laughs> Corona. How to be quarantined with your family? <laughs> yeah. Not to beat a dead horse because we just talked about this, but I do think I do worry. Um, we were always raised to not look at at the person at the color of their skin but of the content of their character and i feel like now america is saying but 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 look at the color of their skin for x y and z reasons that is particularly scary for me because i have children of all different colors and um i don't i want my children to be judged by the content of their character not by the color of their skin um, I don't want to be judged by the color of my skin. That's just melatonin. You know, it has nothing to do with who I am inside. Um, so, I, you know, I think that uh, if we could get back to each looking at the heart of, of a person and looking past outward characteristics, I think uh, our world would be a better place. How far can you look past? Like, here's a good question I have. We grew up on The Cosby Show, one of our favorite shows of all time. Bill Cosby did some despicable, terrible things. And Awful. is paying the price for those now. You can't find a Cosby show on TV anymore. Like, that show was so groundbreaking in, in breaking down racial barriers and 
just in how I think the culture looked at black families, even stuff like that. Like it was such a positive thing and it really shaped my view, but now you can't even see that anymore because he did one thing. So now we're going to wipe everything about him off the map. Do you think that's a healthy thing or a- can you separate the art from the artist? You have to, you have to, um, you, you can't find a Cosby show on anywhere I, anymore. I know. And I get that. And I, I understand because no one wants to put themselves out there. Right. And put Bill Cosby on their station. But, um, you know, I go and watch movies all the time and I don't agree with the politics or the life choices or whatever of everybody that's on screen. I'm just enjoying their art. So yeah, you have to separate it. Um, the Cosby thing is a difficult thing because it was, it was pretty appalling. I mean, to me, Kanye West is clinically insane. Like the man is just, he's wild. He's everything that you don't want to be like. Right. But you give the guy a studio and an artist and he can create music better than anyone that I think has ever done it. Like yeah. he, the guy's a great producer. He's talented when it comes to music. But everything else he aligns with in his personal life and other things like that, I can't get with. Yeah, it's But cuckoo. when he makes his music, I love the music. When he's doing whatever he else he does, I'm not, I can't align with that. So it's like... Did you hear his new Christian album? I've heard a couple songs of it. And do you like it? It's beautifully made, produced, engineered. It's all great. Like, I love the way he put it together. Is it my favorite type of Kanye West? No. Okay. He's got a shirt that says make Kanye 2006 again. Yes. <laughs> so I, I probably know. not. I, I will say that um, it came on the radio, one song. Really? And I thought someone had unbuckled their seatbelt because there was just a <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I was like, seriously, who unbuckled? <laughs> oh, Come that's on, Kanye. Come on, kids, sit down no, back there. Never mind. Kanye's on the radio. He's a, he's a great artist, but he is a lunatic but they said einstein was crazy too all geniuses are insane but yes do you know that uh kanye west and kim kardashian genetically modified their baby to make sure they had a boy i don't like that (laughs) well i don't like that either but how do you feel about like genetically modifying children at all i don't like it okay what parts don't you like besides all of it um, so what if you had a chance to save a child from a disease that they could avoid? I think it's a super slippery slope because um, when I w- started on the adoption circuit, whatever, I um, called one of the adoption agencies and she was like, okay, so I just need to know, like, what do you prefer, a boy or a girl? And I was like, anything. What do you prefer? What race? I was like, any race. Okay, what do you, da, 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 da. I was like, pretty much anything except for, I'm not sure that I could do like severe, severe disabilities because I'm not sure that I'm just equipped for, for that right now. Um, but other than that, I, I don't want to choose. And she was like, you are so rare. Like, that's a rare thing. But I kind of thought if I was capable of making a baby. I couldn't choose anything. So why would I want to choose adopting a baby? Like you just get the one that you're supposed to get. And I think if you 
if you try to do too many filters and you try to, you know, make something happen, you're playing God. I don't think you should do that. I don't either. Well, yeah, it's tough because I think a lot of good could be done with it. It's good technology, but it's also could be bad technology as well. Yeah. Because if you give an opportunity, someone an opportunity to make money off their unborn child, they will. They will probably be like, yo, I want my, you know, my son to be six, nine and, you know, 250 pounds and hands like a catcher's mitt. Right. Like that guy's going to play in the NFL or the NBA or something like that. So if you can do it, people will do it. Right. So as much as I'd like to help mankind, it could also, technology could hurt mankind. We're talking like genetically mod- CRISPR. So genetically modifying or, unborn babies. Or mm-hmm. even or even saying, I choose this about their physical appearance. Like, that's so the opposite of anything that we should be caring about. <laughs> like, you know, let's worry about their insides more. Agreed. Not that. We're, that's the theme here. It is. What about you, Megan? What do you think are some challenges this next generation will, fa- will face? I mean, my thoughts instantly go to social media and technology and like bullying came up for me as well. And the amount of um, like depression and when you hear that kids under the age of 12 or even in elementary school know what the word anxiety means and know. I had a kid at the Montessori tell me that they had anxiety. Mm. I was like, you're eight. Yeah, like that really saddens me. And I don't have children, um, but that's a fear of mine to like stop me in my tracks of like, man, do I even want to bring a kid in this world? Like I would say the overarching thing is the technology and just like I know what it does for for like me, how it can be a, a... trap and you can go down rabbit holes and all that and I'm 26 and I have a pretty like more developed brain than a 16 year old more developed brain than a 10 year old you know and these people or these kids have access to all of that and the comparison and the keeping up with the Joneses I feel like is getting more and more serious where it used to be or it's just different so I think for me it's just the fear of they have access to so much what what else is for them the bullying is crazy too because yeah. you don't have to do it eyeball to eyeball right yeah they get they go to school to get bullied and they go home and keep getting bullied on social media that's right and you can be pretty nasty when you don't when there's that that break in the barrier between you yeah the rapper meek mill would say when trigger fingers turn to twitter fingers there you go. <laughs> the more you know. Poetry. <laughs> That's going to be my outro music. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just, it, it's scary. And I think for me, present day, it's been really top of mind of like, you really don't know what people are facing, like what they're walking around with and what, what they're going home to. And, you know, as kids, like they don't get to choose their circumstances. You know, they're still under a roof of, you know, parents or guardians or whatever and so if all this bullying is happening or they're they're not able to speak up for themselves or don't even know how and don't have the support to it's just like this vicious cycle and it's scary 
I think the internet never forgets. So now, like, 20 years ago, you could get your ass beat, and you'd talk about it for a week, and then, you know, people would get over it. You just move on. Now, it, you fight someone or something happens, it's on the internet, and it's going to stay there forever. Well, then, also, in the same breath, it's like, on the technology line, like, you're losing this. Like, there's lack of eye contact there's lack of like knowing how to hold a conversation it's you're in your phone you're looking down like it's just sad I mean I served tables all throughout college and you know kids on their on their technology and you know parents having to order for their kids and but it's a 10 year old kid like he should be able to order his chicken fingers himself you know what I mean and it's just it's just interesting to watch what this society might turn into or what is falling to the wayside, like, conversations. <laughs> I think the next generation will struggle with the most is the art of conversation. Yep. Just having to, just like you said, I mean, we're going to communicate via email, text message, all platforms of social media. How many people are going to be able just to meet a stranger on the sidewalk and ask them how their day was or ask them how their mom is or what do they do for a living? What are they into? Like, people are not going to know how to do that soon. Does it fascinate you, though, that, podcasts have grown to be so popular because they're authentic and people love the authenticity of a, of a conversation. That's why they're the biggest platform now, I think. Yeah, maybe, but you, you think back before television, they had radio, right? So it's almost like we're going backwards because there's nothing to see on our podcast. You're not looking at anything. You're not looking at Riley. You're not looking at me. Thank God. But <laughs> it, it's kind of like back to radio days because I think there's just more depth that can be had that a, a meme can't give you. That's just interesting. Do you, what do you think the next generation is going to lose out on? Um, my fear is, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that everybody's going to focus on people's one bad mistake that they've made that's always going to live with somebody because of the internet age. Um, I'm a big believer in people being having like moral bank accounts. Like the more you do positive things, you're kind of making deposits in that bank account so that if you screw up and you stumble, you need to take into account that, okay, this person isn't just bad because they did this one thing. And I think in the internet age, you do something stupid, you say something stupid, you're on video, that's going to come back to haunt you constantly and people are going to start business. defining yeah. you as that. And that that's nerve wracking to me because people love to have a what I call a proctologist view of <laughs> other people, right? you get what that means? Like you're always looking at the negative side of people rather than the whole person. And it's easy also to point fingers when you don't deal with whatever they've done. Like it's not a struggle to me to do X, Y, and Z. So if someone does it, then they're nasty and horrible and terrible. Well, I have my own things that if they were out for everyone to see, I could be judged easily on too. So well, and that takes a level of empathy, like mm -hmm. in awareness to know that like, oh, that's something you struggle with. I don't relate to that, but I can like compare it to my struggle right. in X, you know, and, and know that like everyone's struggle, like it kind of follows the same process or have like similar emotions that can erupt through, um, through a struggle. So it's like, there is some common factor mm -hmm. in two different kind of struggles, you know? So we may not have the same struggle, but we can 
both realize that we struggle with something. And I think that is the compassion and empathy that you need to have with another human. It's like, these are different things, but it's the same thing. Like all struggles the same. Yeah. And if you're, if you're only connected through Twitter, then you're not going to have, you're not going to care because there's no way to have empathy for someone on the other side of the world that you don't ever see on a daily basis. They just said something stupid on Twitter. So we're going to rip them to pieces, whether, you know, whether we know them or not. Okay. So this next question is a little bit light, more lighthearted. We kind of, we go super deep. Um, do you have any guilty pleasures? Like anything you enjoy that you wouldn't know or you wouldn't want anyone else to know that you enjoy? You get to start this one out, Riley. What? You start it. The people really know my guilty pleasures. Okay. I don't. They're not really guilty. I'm not guilty. What are they? <laughs> I just have pleasures. That's OJ, the situation. I am not guilty. Um, I'm going to have to go uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, good Katy Perry song. Any pop, poppy music like bubblegum pop i love it i just enjoy it i like it's happy i like to be happy so any music that is like relatively popular you know just kind of upbeat i'm i enjoy it um another thing i really enjoy is probably i'm gonna make i'm gonna be real clear there's only a couple things that make me cry and I really enjoy these things. It's like videos on YouTube of like military homecomings. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness! Especially that if was, there's kids involved. Oh, I love it. it but I cry like a a, a, a a person that likes to cry. Did you Two, see the one of the kid that had like cerebral palsy that could? Oh, he learned God. how to walk while his dad was away. Oh, heaven. and he walked across no, the gym. No, I'll start crying now. You better <laughs> Have you stop. Seen it? No, don't send it to me. I'm going to. We're gonna watch it right <laughs> after this. Military homecomings and like. Second, kids that have like a terminal illness, I get to do something with like a sports team, like a make a wish type, any of those videos. Like um, run a touchdown or something. Yeah, I love them, but I just, I give them guilty pleasure. Third, and this is going to sound, this is probably going to make people laugh, but any type of like proposal videos, like if they're sweet and they're like really well thought out, I'm, I'm a sucker for them. I love to watch them and I'll cry. To proposal videos. Proposal video, guilty pleasure. Nice. <laughs> no one probably ever would have guessed that. But you yes. should you should watch adoption videos. Like oh no, like, well, don't like add got, to the list. Gotcha day videos when people get to get adopted. Kid. Yeah, that's Heidi. Or She's like tearing up when right they now. give someone like a like an implant, like a cochlear implant for the first time. They can hear or they can see for the first time. Oh, dude, yeah, I can't. So are we talking about things that make us cry or, or? just guilty pleasures? Like <laughs> guilty I wouldn't, pleasure. I wouldn't tell people that I really enjoyed proposal videos. And yet here we are on a podcast <laughs> telling people we <laughs> really enjoy. That's the beauty of it. That was the question. Guilty pleasures. Maybe like a food that I really enjoy that people wouldn't think is that I really enjoy donuts. I know I talk about it. I don't eat many, but it's a guilty pleasure. It's like I do enjoy. I love bad foods. I just don't eat them a lot. Who doesn't? You just got good self-control. With some things. Do they make you sick though? A lot of them at one time, yes. Yeah, because I... Uh, I don't do more than two. It was, I can't remember, and I hadn't had a donut in a long time, and I had one, and then I was kind of like, It's a gluten. Is it? Maybe, or just the sugar. Yeah. It's just a lot at one time for Mm -hmm. me. It's like, I had a very limited sugar intake, and it's just like pouring a whole thing of sugar into my uh, gas tank of a body. What are your guilty pleasures, Megan? I was hoping you wouldn't come to me next. Does anyone else know? These are hard for me. I have a guilty pleasure. I like chick flicks. (laughs) <laughs> like not not like legally we talked blonde about this. did we talk about this on the show we told you like a couple of them but keep going oh okay so it's, i'm repeating then no no no, um, no keep going about them which, like not which like legally look? blonde type stuff but like miss congeniality i do like that or pretty that woman 
Sure, I like Pretty that Woman's one. a classic. But I like like Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. We I did love. That, remember that we movie. redid the movie cover with us on it. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I guess <laughs> my guilty pleasure is repeating stuff I've already said <laughs> on podcasts. Pride and Prejudice. What else? Who's like a really like a lead woman in a chick flick that you really enjoy? Kira Knightley, I think her. Like even Sense and Sensibility. She, like Pirates those, of the Caribbean is not a chick flick, dude. Those old school, <laughs> like those old school, like. Uh, Jane Austen type things, if they're well done, can be very cool. Just because it's it's a different culture, it's a different time. My big fat Greek wedding, Poldark, that series. If anybody has seen it, like that's not quite the same. Like that's like a comedy, is it? And it's like current. <laughs> I'm talking about like old stuff, okay. like Poldark. If you ever watched that before my time, dude, Downton you're Abbey, dating yourself. Downton Abbey wasn't too bad. I didn't watch all of it, but I enjoy that. It's a chick flick. Call the midwife. No, these are like net Netflix series. So I like, call the midwife. I like that. So that's my guilty pleasure. No one's judging you. Don't look around like you're you're impending judgment. I feel like I'm getting smaller. <laughs> guilty pleasures. I guess documentaries would be my guilty pleasure. I watch that's way so too many. Embarrassing. Do- I watch way too many documentaries. What's the best documentary you've ever watched? Oh gosh, I'll tell you one. Um, it was called A Walk to Beautiful. So in these tribal countries of Africa. Um, these young girls are put to work very early to help their family to carry water and, you know, do chores around the the house. That plus they don't get the nutrition that their body needs. And so these women are growing up and becoming, you know, these girls are growing up and becoming women and they, their bodies literally aren't big enough and wide enough to birth children properly. Well, they don't know this because they're out in the middle of literally nowhere and they have, um, they birth themselves, you know, they, they deliver their babies on their own. I'm sure with other ladies from the, but not medical staff or anything. Correct. And in this, it's very common for them to tear, I think it's called the fistula. And so, bless you. Yes. And so, um, the humunculus (laughs) (laughs) nice. And so anyway, they will be become incontinent. Well, their community doesn't understand it. So they're shunned from their community and literally are living in like huts behind. They won't, their family won't accept them and whatever. So this like lepers of their society. Yes. So this one woman heard of a um, mission that did surgeries on women like her. And she walked like days to get there. And when she got there, I'm going to get goosebumps just talking about it. But when she got there, um, wait for it. She, (laughs) she started crying because she saw all the other women there that had the same problem. They were just beds and beds. And she said, I thought I was the only one. Wow. And she got this surgery and was welcomed back in her family and could raise her kids and her husband welcomed her back. Like I'm just imagining you just tearing up. Yes. And just cur- like just tears. Well, that, just and I'm like, does she want to return back to her people that I, shunned her and then now they welcome her back because she's fixed? I know. Quote unquote. I it's know. It's funny that there's still Question mark. communities and cultures that do that. You're like, uh, oh, what in the world? But right. like, they, they said that, that she was cursed, you know, like they didn't understand that it's just a medical problem that all of these African women are struggling with because their bodies didn't develop because they didn't have the nutrition. And uh, that's why I love documentaries. Yeah. They're a good one. Yeah. That was a, that was a really, really good one. 
Did she give you any time to think about your guilty pleasures? I did. <laughs> I did. I started giggling because <laughs> I guess this is a guilty pleasure of mine, but I like to hoard notes. Mm. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Cards or like, <laughs> this one makes me laugh is I'll keep like the year's previous agenda. So like my 2019 agenda. And I just sometimes like to go through and like, reread the notes or cards or like my agenda and be like, I wonder what I was doing on this day last year and like, see what, like (laughs) (laughs) see what I had planned. And I remember specifically in college doing that and looking back, like say on my freshman year, junior year and being like, all right, that day I had five classes to be at and I cheered and I did all these things. And then I'm like, all right, I can tackle today's, like I did it then I can do it now. So it was kind of like, it's a way of like inspiration for me, but also being like, damn, look what I did, you know? And you can probably see yourself getting through difficult times or, or oh, yeah. stressful situations in your life or. Oh yeah. Or just like words. I'm definitely a words of affirmation and in quality time for sure. But, um, when I feel alone, like I'll go to cards and I see what people write to me or tell me how much they love me. And it's just like, ugh okay, I'm, I'm loved and I got my people. And so, yeah, I, that's one thing. It's like, if I had my house was on fire, I have a box of all things like that. And that's, that's coming with me. Been that's a big cool. struggle with us is that she loves cards. I hate, cards. <laughs> I don't, you hate getting them or writing them or both. I hate, he just doesn't see the value. Yes. In them. Yes. It's so not it's, that I don't hate them. I appreciate them. Grandma. I love you. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I appreciate the card. But I have no emotional significance to the card. Like the because whole process is just a piece of paper that you had to buy. And I'm more excited about like what can we do to make this like this occasion a good occasion. So nothing you can write in that card doesn't tell me something that I already don't know. And which I had to learn that because I'm over here like steam blowing off my She's pen. written. She's written. I write like, so many cards. Like she needed to buy three cards uh, to fill all the cards. And I'm like, hey, I know. I know all this <laughs> stuff. I know it. I was like, did you get me a card? <laughs> <laughs> he never does. He's like, how about a high five? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to send you in for St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> but it's just, it's funny. It's learning. It's funny how you tend to love the person the way you want to be loved. And after reading the five love languages, it was <clears throat> very apparent that that's was total me. Yeah. And so it'd be like, I'd be leaving notes or things of that nature and like kind of almost waiting, like maybe tomorrow I'll wake up to a note and it would never happen. And it wasn't until I figured it, it's like, Oh, I'm loving him the way I want to be loved. Harrison yes. found you a card write company a note once in a while. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Sorry. <laughs> Harrison found a uh, card company that they create obnoxious cards so you could get him one. <laughs> That'd be funny. And so when you open it up, the music starts blaring and it for two hours it won't stop. You can close yes. the cards. You get me this, I will burn it to the ground. <laughs> well, you can, they, they have pictures of people that like tried to rip it apart oh my God. and confetti comes out if you Cut rip it. Cut it out. <laughs> That's amazing. That has to happen at your birthday. Person's like, can we get that for grandma? <laughs> so next question. No. Nope. What would be the first thing you bought if you'd won the lottery? And we're talking like, 100 million, 200 million. Do I have to buy something or the first thing I would do with the money? 
first thing you would do, just that if you would do, not te- technically buy. All right. I, those of you that know me, I'm a very pro-life guy. There is an organization called Save the Storks. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. One of the things they do is they offer free ultrasounds to women who are considering abortions. Um, this is important to me because both Harrison and Sayla were both on the chopping block, so to speak. And what it does is it just gives them a chance to see what is inside of them. Because um, if you go to Planned Parenthood and you get an ultrasound, they don't show you what's happening. And a lot of those girls, they park these things outside of Planned Parenthood. And I know this is a controversial topic for a lot of people, but they say, hey, if you want to come in here, we'll give you a free ultrasound. And a lot of times when the women see that there's a baby growing inside of them, that changes their mind. And that's kind of the goal of this organization. So I would buy a bus and name one Har- one after Harrison because the people that buy these buses, they, they're named after people. One after Harrison and one after Selah because both of them were both in that situation at one point in time, and that would be a big thing for me. Okay, anyone that follows that story, you're going to look like a piece of shit. I know. <laughs> So yeah. why? Because that is the most admirable thing a oh, human I thought, could do. I, I thought you said because I would buy a bus and, and have it parked no, outside. No, I feel oh, like I just teared up. I was like, right. oh my I'm, God. I'm like, nothing that I can say can really live up to that. You know, on, on some level. Well, it doesn't have to. On that topic, on some level, it, it is a little bit of a play on emotions. I could understand how people would say that. But if we're in a world where like we're saying, okay, we want to give women all of the information that they need to know, like to see what is happening inside and see that there are fingers and toes a lot of times, isn't that a value to say, this is what is happening inside of you. And maybe someone would make a different choice. Some of those girls still walk out and go into Planned Parenthood and do their thing. They don't force them. They don't guilt them. They just say, we're going to show this to you. And to me, that's a, that's a huge thing. So if you've ever heard my story about Harrison's adopted mom, she went into Planned Parenthood twice. And what about a materialistic thing that you would buy? I'd pay off all my debts first. Uh, okay. Um, a, a big trip with the family, probably. House? Yeah. Heidi's like, what you going to get us? Yeah, really. Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, house. I don't want a very big house, though. Like, I can't have too big of a house. I don't want a big house ever. Yeah. You got to clean it still. Yeah, big houses scare me. My dad used to own a house in Orangeburg, South Carolina. It was a really old house, but it was two stories and it would like creak in the middle of the night. And like if the wind hit it just right, it would be so scary. And as a kid, I told myself, I'm never owning a big house, especially a big old house. I'm only getting new houses, like no old houses ever. I'm permanently scarred from that. That's a good thing you live in Arizona because we do a lot of new house builds. Yes, no old houses. Meg, what's the first thing you're doing if you win the lottery? Or Heidi. You can go, Heidi. I think I would either go to Italy. Well, not now. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> Flights are really cheap. We can probably afford it right now. <laughs> you could probably ball out in Italy right now. Eventually, I'd go to Italy, and I would eat my way through Italy. That's one of my life goals as well. I'm not joking. So I would come back with like Would you count your mac- macros? I would Zero not. Zero food guilt when I entered the country of Italy. Yes. And uh, I, I think I'd buy a house. And then one in Italy while you're there. Why not? I hear uh, you got the money. Mykonos is nice, or is that Greece? Mykonos is in Greece. I think so. I think yeah, that sounds more Greek. I would take a house in Greece too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> They're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure Mykonos is a place, or is it just the guy on the office? Hey, I'm Mykonos. I think of the <laughs> yogurt. I've never seen the office. Oh come on! I think of the Greek yogurt. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mykonos. Yeah. yeah. Is that an actual Greek yogurt? No, it's oh. close though. It's a Greek yogurt. 
brain. Maybe. Yeah. Well, those who know the office will know who Mykonos is. Those of you that know the yogurt. (laughs) I'm more the yogurt Back me up. (laughs) Because I think it's right. We eat Chobani. I don't know. Um, I'm on the line of like, I would, I don't necessarily have a goal of like buying a house, but I see myself with like a vacation home or somewhere in like a destined spot that's where my family can meet and hang out. Definitely someone somewhere tropical, so sunny, pool, um, beach, beachy for uh, sure. Heidi will come visit you. I won't. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you go to the mountains, maybe. But yeah, just always having like just and maybe buying a mountain home. I'm like, I just see like I want a place for my family to always go to. So like seasonally, or you hear the people like that are snowbirds that come to Arizona because they have a house here and they come here for the warmth. I totally want to be that. So maybe be a wanderer, but then always have a place to go back to. That's just called a house. But Commitment, I, do, I, I guess, know, do it. I know you very well. And there's one car that you've always wanted your entire a life. A Tesla. No, I think it's a Mercedes G-Wagon. Oh, that's I tuck that way away because I'm like, I will never. I would love a murdered out G-Wagon. What's a G-Wagon? Is so that, it's the Mercedes SUV that's like the box type. The box, it's yeah. It's a little bit more like. Looks like it looks like an armor car, like a Look old. You know, it's called not, a G. Not wagon. like one of those buses, right? Like the family bus things. No, 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 no. That's a Sprinter. Okay, it's like almost like a Jeep esque kind oh, of figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but all blacked out, blacked rooms, Park. tan interior. I would like tan. Gotta interior. have tan interior. Don't yeah. forget about that. Parked at your beach house <laughs> slash sure. mountain house. Sounds like every <laughs> house in San Diego. Yeah, right. That I've ever seen. Um, what am I going to do with lottery first? I'm probably going to take care of my mom. I want to take like whatever she's got going on, maybe get her something. Um, she's always probably wanted a vacation home somewhere tropical or on the beach. But I've always, when I was a kid, I always lived in places that had playgrounds named after people. I'd want to like have a playground named after maybe like my mom or my my brother that passed away or something like that will stand the test of time because I think money, you'll spend money and it'll go. Like I want to do something or like make an impact kind of like with the buses of like something that's going to live past me. Like what's going to kind of put effect on multiple generations and over time. So is that kind of like weird to think? But like have something that I've maybe paid for or invested in that is a little bit longer lasting than I will be. Want to have like the Riley Kilbride Foundation? Maybe have a foundation of sorts or some type of nonprofit of some sort. I, I don't know what that nonprofit would be, but something Brings that... Brings vegetables to your door. Maybe. <laughs> um, what else? I've always wanted um, a jet ski. A jet ski or like a wave runner where you're standing or sitting? Why would you choose? I just want both. Well, okay. You can have both. Or, or, I've never or, jet skied. I've only wave runned. Oh, okay. Ryan? Maybe I've always wanted to be able to pay someone to wash my hair every night. (laughs) That is an amazing feeling. Have you ever been? I mean, ladies, back me up. Have you been to the salon? They wash your hair. Tell me that's not the closest thing to Nirvana that that is on this earth. How much would you pay? 
I mean, I'm thinking a solid 100 bucks a night. I'll do it. <laughs> and say, I'll wash your damn hair. You have never asked me to wash your hair. But it's got to be in the salon chair where I'm sitting here. Well, then just hand. buy a salon chair. Is that doable? When you win the lottery. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then you got to pay some to wash your hair, too. Okay. <laughs> now you're getting frugal. Okay. Well, that's why the rich stay rich. They're they're really cheap. See, if I'm... If I'm I'll do the same thing. I don't even have hair, <laughs> but I'm rich. So just you just, a, just rub, a, rub my head. That's I don't what care. we like to call a flex. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what else? Someone to stretch me out. Like, a, like I don't want to do yoga. I just want someone to like manipulate me into some stretching positions. That's about it. That's all I want. <laughs> Pretty simple needs. Hair washer. I don't think you a, need to win the lottery. I think you just need to save up for a couple months and you could probably get that. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Better, better plan. <laughs> Um, what else? What else? Did you guys I ever tell you about my lottery dream? Did you I, have one? I had a dream that I won the lottery, but it was only when it got to 71 million. 71. Pay attention to the lottery. You'll see 70. You'll see 72 all the time. You will never see 71. So I do not play the lottery unless I see a 71 on it. And I like him. <laughs> only played it like once or twice. And huh. didn't win. So that's my dream. 71. Hmm. And no, I can you o- just you and I only the buy secret one, away to everyone. I only buy one ticket because if I buy more than one, then I'm not believing in my dreams. That's a little OCD. <laughs> I'm think I'm thinking about. Do you ever see certain numbers that always come to you, like like within like maybe one on, one one on billboards or maybe on on like prices of gas or things like that? Like I always see the number twelve. I'm not sure what that means, but like are you a Seahawks fan? Please say no. No, not at all. But okay. I was born in Tacoma, so partially. 10% of my heart is with Seahawks. Nice. I always see 111 or 316 or some manipulation of uh, 361 or 316. Um, or I'll, I see, I'm a big numbers person, and um, I'll see 1229 a lot. And that's my mom's birthday. And so, you know, I would I would see it when she was still living, but... Now that she's passed, it's been like a like, oh, okay, like maybe you're with me at this moment or I'll try to tune into like, okay, what am I doing in this moment or what am I thinking about and see if it's like, was I thinking about her or was like I maybe wanting her support in something and she shows up for me. So like numbers are big. There's a lot of people that that believe in numbers and the power of numbers, especially when they're in certain patterns. So Maybe if you see the certain number or 71 on the millions of the lottery, you should play it. Yeah, nobody else can take that, though, because that's not your dream. That's my dream. Mm-mm. Do you okay. have any numbers? I don't. No. No? 71 is the only one I've ever thought Not a of. number gal. Were you born in 71? Nope, 77. Okay, my, my mom, yeah. My mom's born in 69, so I was like, you're not two years younger than my mom. No. No. Okay, final question. Eight years. Final question, and this is, we're going to lose a lot of folks here. Uh-oh. This is widely debated, highly controversial. What is the best pizza topping combination? Mm. <laughs> you beat us to the mm. all of them. Okay, that's a good that's uh-huh. a good point. I don't discriminate when it comes to pizza. Yeah, this is tough. Best pizza combination. I'm gonna go. I know mine off the top. Go. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some type of meat lovers with ranch. Like if we could get a meat lovers ranch. 
like combination, it's no no like better. On the pizza or like you're dipping the crust no, in No, no, no. If we can have a drizzle, like a ranch drizzle. I need pepperoni. I need sausage. sausage I need so bacon. Sweet. I need uh, maybe some ham. Was it Canadian bacon? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I need any type of normal topping with meats. Throw them on there and just like a ranch drizzle. Okay, so I could eat with you on there because that would be basically mine. But I, instead of the ranch drizzle, which I would eat that, I would do a stuffed crust, stuffed crust mm. pizza with that. Do they make those anymore? I don't know. I do when not Pizza know. Hut went came out with the stuffed crust, it that changed was, the game. That was good. It was unbeatable for a good solid three or four years. So there we go. Meat lovers, stuffed crust. I'll even take the ranch drizzle. I don't even care. Ranch drizzle. Or leave in a little barbecue drizzle. You can get Mod Pizza does a pretty dang good pizza, mm. by the way. Okay. Which is pretty much what I was just talking about. Nice. So I do. Okay. I got my crust, I, red sauce, always. Extra always. sauce. No cheese. I want okay, artichokes. You're, you're drunk. I'm fine. That's okay. This is my pizza. Not <laughs> okay. Yours. Sorry. 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 Um, red sauce, artichokes, uh, roasted red peppers, uh, mushrooms, some spinach, and then chicken on there. Okay. And I want it extra crispy. Extra crispy. So like that well you done. can get that at Mod. Like you can get that pretty. I didn't say. We can get that tomorrow. I mean. I didn't say you couldn't get it anywhere. I'm just trying anywhere. to get pizza tomorrow. That's what I'm trying to get at. Let's well, do it. then Is let's do open? it. That's the question. Yes. Sure, probably take out only. You just asked for the best combination. I gave it to you. You did. Is there any other toppings on top? I mean, why I know cheese. That's why no cheese. I'm on. To be completely honest, I don't love, especially mozzarella cheese. Just adds nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Take leave it. Actually, mm-hmm. I yeah, would, but well, you like it well done, like well done cheese. Brown no. on top. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. This is this is your dream. <laughs> yeah, you no, I'm like it just really early. adds no flavor to me, and it doesn't sit well with me. So I'm like, eh, I'd rather not. I'd rather enjoy my pizza than hurt from my pizza. But if I had to choose cheeses, I, I mean, I love. Who doesn't love goat cheese? Feta cheese is good. Um, I like the blue. Blue cheese is good. So like, I could add that to it, but yeah, I'd rather not. I'm. I don't discriminate with vegetables. So if you were to add any other vegetable on there, some banana peppers are really good. Um, yeah. I like a good banana pepper on a pizza. So good. Really? Yeah. yeah not make, pepperoncinis. Make that though. face again. Not pepperoncinis. Banana peppers. There's <laughs> a difference. Yeah. I I like veggies, mm. especially like tomatoes and um, just any any veggies. The more the better mm-hmm. on my pizza. But I also like pineapple. Whoa, that not, was the whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the not dude, with, this pineapple belong on pizza is a big, very debated question. Okay, so not with my veggies, but if I was just going to have a pizza, I would want pineapples tasty, but I don't want the ham on it. Okay, so just pineapples. Yeah, I don't like wow. pineapple and ham. And cheese. But if we're going to Mod, mm-hmm. I'm getting a pizza salad. Have you what? had them? No. This episode is brought to you by Mod Pizza. Uh, it's and Ellen DeGeneres. It, we make it. It's amazing. So you make your salad. Oh, amazing. Oh, amazing. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. You, you make your salad however you want it. I put balsamic on it. That's, that's, yes. that's the way to go. Put all your veggies in there, whatever. They, they mix it up. Then they crisp up a pizza crust. Uh-huh. And then they dump the salad on top. Oh wow! And it okay. is now is it balsamic glaze or balsamic dressing? <laughs> dressing. So it's okay. Yeah, it's still so good. So good. Mm. Let's go to Mod tomorrow. I'm definitely in for that. Let's we'll give him a sticker. Ask him to sponsor the show. 
they probably do something. They're probably happy to see people in there right now. I know. That's true. I think I could probably eat pizza for the rest of my life, like every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Michael, what's yours? Uh, uh, the meat lovers and the cheese. Oh, that's yours. Stuff crossed out. That would be my. And uh, have my, you ever had a dessert pizza? Yeah. Like mm. cinnamon. The good Lord smiled when he made dessert pizzas. I'm just saying. That's one of his best creations. Yeah. That's true. Like, man, okay, but, rushed it. Women took his time. Dessert pizza <laughs> took his time. There's a, a restaurant in San Diego. Well, I think it's a chain. They have a pizuki. Yeah, yes. yeah, the oregano's. Is that oregano? Oh, uh, maybe. I, I don't know if like it. That. Those are amazing. Okay. Well, I've never experienced one yet. But oh. Okay, mod tomorrow and then, and then oregano's for dessert. <laughs> well, this would all be great if all of the uh, restaurants were open. Oh, sure. Take wah, out. Wah, wah. Maybe oregano's. And we can't get into the gym the to work it all <laughs> yeah, off. Right, so it's just a cycle. But, you know, mod pizza, if you hear this, we're, we're, we're hungry. All, all right. right. I, have a, I have a question for the girl. Are we going to say something, Hyde? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a question for the girls because you got to ans- ask all the questions. Yeah, the number one, I know Heidi does. Megan, do you listen to every episode? Yes, that we put out. Yes. Okay, I what's did. your favorite episode so far? Mm. Yeah, you can. I, yeah. I, gotta, yeah. You I can have to think. Yeah, hold on. Let I me. think Heidi knows hers. Well, I loved Hannah's. The, we get that. Wow, probably, that probably was the first most, one. Don't you think? Yeah, we really didn't know what we were doing then. Yeah. I but, think if we had her now, we could get even better of an interview. Like, her story was just so, so, ready, so ready to be told. Yeah. It, she mm. made it easy on us. Like, she was our first guest, and she just had the best story and just was so open with us and vulnerable with us. And, and we both had her in mind for our first episode, oh, which is yeah. interesting. I like Tim's. Tim Kilmer? Yes. Yeah, I like his too. So, I, li- I think I like the... Grinders, the road to redemption. Absolutely. So, because that was me, you know, like I'm, I have blown it. I haven't been eating the way I should. I have my body in a place that, you know, isn't functioning the way I want it to, and uh, it's not too late, and I can, I can redeem it and take it back. Yeah, I like that. Nice, good answers. I kind of have two in mind. One is I don't want to. It's the Frazier family. Fazer. Fazer. You had on Brody. Brody. Okay. I enjoyed his. I liked learning about their family and just about him. And I think their family is super interesting. We interesting. need to bring just all of them back. I the think Fazers we do a Fazer episode. Well, and I told Riley afterwards, I was like, I wanted to hear more about like their family dynamic. Like I, I want you to do a second episode with their family. And I want to know like, what is it like to have, I mean, heck, they're all in the gym. They're working out together. One's snatching, one's cleaning. The other one's back squatting with mom. And then the other one's doing muscle it's like this whole this is a family affair kind of thing and like how did you guys get to where you are and so so your favorite episode is an episode we didn't do oh well <laughs> they're really sweet true. too together oh, that's like, true like just the kids seem to really adore their parents which is really refreshing in this especially at, a, at an older age yeah like i mean they still probably have their problems but sure like they have an admiration for their for their parents which is great to see yeah. Well, I think that one like spark. I was in tune with it because I was very interested in their family. But I would have to say Joey's. I just just because I know him and hearing <laughs> you and Joey go back and forth and knowing the kind of person Joey is and just hearing um, two familiar voices. Was Joey like, is a person that I can truly be myself around and connect with on such a 
deep level of friendship that is unmatched with any other human. I'm sorry, Michael. We're working on it. We're getting there in our relationship. <laughs> but I've just known Joey for so long. And it's that like when Joey's around, I can like almost breathe fully. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a friend like that or like been around someone? Oh, yeah. I, I think I just admitted my love to Joey on the on the <laughs> podcast. But like that's just my guy. Like I'm so I'm so like I want to be like him too. Is like so he was more of a role model to me when I first met him. He was my first coach. Mm-hmm. Um and then we just became friends and we just we I can share how I feel about a lot of things with Joey. But I struggle with doing that with a lot of other people. But it's just like he he opens that door. So yeah, Joey, love you. Another one I liked was Rob Best. Another redemption story. Redemption. That was really, really good. And uh, I've told lots of the people. The Barbell Saves episode. Yes, yeah, I've yeah. told lots of people about Barbell Saves because I think that is so cool. I just, I like the stories that we tell, but they're all in different in degree. Like all those redemption type stories, like they all are similar, but they're all different in maybe struggle, mm-hmm. which people love to hear that. Do you think that people enjoy those because they want to hear a good story or they're like, wow, things could be much worse? Oh, I don't, I don't think many people would listen to be like, well, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. What a loser. I think, (laughs) I think it's a redemption story because either they, they can look back and see that they've been there or they can look forward and see, Hey, maybe I could do it too. That would be my thought. It's kind of like Megan looking through her agenda, right? Like, if that if Rob Best can be an alcoholic and now be a beast in the gym, you know I was just forty pounds overweight. I can I can get there too. Yeah, we've we've made a lot. Of, I think we take it for granted of how many good stories that we've told and how many people we've kind of given a platform to tell their story on. Which well, that's what I was going to say. Something that I really love about y'all's podcast is like these are people in your backyard. You know, like. For your, the people that are listening that are maybe even local to Arizona, it's not like they're across the country. Like these people are within fury. And I think like when you guys originated, it was like interviewing the members. And I love how you're like, everyone has a story. Like you have this gym full of diverse people and they have something to share. And that's what you guys or why you guys created this. And, you know, it's been so cool to hear you know, different members. And I, and I overheard other one, other members saying, it's like, they love listening to this podcast. They're like, Oh, I go to the gym with that guy, but I didn't know anything about him. And now I know a little bit more context and he like, Whoa, you know? And so I just think that is such a cool why for this podcast. I think that's cool. I like that. What's your favorite? My favorite episode. Besides Joey. We've given Jordan Leonard, um, too much credit. Yeah, I love his episode, but <laughs> we too. won't g- dive into that one. Um, another one I really enjoyed was probably Priscilla's. I like Priscilla's, just because it was that was like our first like really cool. I would say high profile athlete. Yeah, she was cool to interview and just learn and kind of hop in the mindset of a really elite level athlete. And now she's my mindset coach. Yes. Um, who else? I enjoy Tracy's, Jared's, Jared McCauley's, Tracy's, Nicole's. Like the first twenty, the first twenty were really solid. Nicole's I really liked. Nicole, too. everyone likes Nicole's. Yeah, that's crazy. I think we need to like re, like repost. Like we now need to put like the original twenty or the ones that we really enjoy. Just like repost them. Yeah. It's like hey, have you seen episode eight with Nicole Matera or Tracy Burns, the midwife? Like recycle them because we. I mean, there's we've got great content. Cool. 
I like yeah. that. Well, let's get it out to the people. Um, yeah, thanks. Do you want to know my favorite? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. It's all about me here, I guess. <laughs> no, it's okay. I really enjoyed meeting Tommy and Sean uh, oh. a few weeks back. That was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I forgot about that whole that, trip. I mean, that was a, uh, I guess, a starstruck one. It was just fun to go. I, I liked traveling with you and just hanging out with you for two or three days. And I wish you tell more about that story, about the places you took me. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we took Michael to a dispensary. Which was a very interesting, interesting thing. And you got to tell the story because well, okay. why, why did you take me to a dispensary? First of all, I wanted to educate Michael a little bit more about, you know, marijuana and how it's sold and, you know, how showing the process in a scientific way. And how it could be beneficial and yes. people aren't just potheads. We were trying to get stuff. him a very positive outlook on this, this thing. And we walk into this dispensary <laughs> and the guy R- that... Right over by Santa Cruz West. Yes. We, CrossFit Santa Cruz West. Yes. We... We get, I mean, he bless his heart, <laughs> bless his heart. He was he he wanted to help us, but his terminology and his his attitude. He admitted to us that he was was to- he high? He was totally baked <laughs> when he walked in. He's like, yeah, I just walked out of the car. I'm totally baked right now. But as soon as he said that, I'm like, this is not going to be a good experience for Michael, and we aren't going to learn a thing. So we, when you go in, you have to sign. You have to give him your driver's license to write down. And there was a guy there that was taking that, and the. The guy who's going to be our bud tender is what he's called, right? Bud tender. Was like, oh man, yeah, you can use like your driver's license or the, uh, the P, the, what's the thing with P, the P, the, oh, I'm so baked right now. And the whole time he was just, Riley would say, tell him about what this product does. And he would just go off for five minutes talking about something other than the product. He was just so fried. I was like. He was a typical like stoner guy that works at one of those stores. I was hoping for. So will you go back? Would I go back? Yeah. If we could I, get a better butt to I have no, <laughs> it didn't bother me at all. I just thought that's a funny story. You should come to San Diego and there's a place called Urban Leaf because I had never been in a dispensary, dispensary either. And I went when I was in San Diego and it was like luxury. You thought you were getting into like the finest club kind of thing. And you had to sit and wait in a line. They only took like five people in at a time and it was like top notch five stars i wanted to learn well i wanted to be educated that's exactly what this was i was i went with a friend and um it was more of like an like they were into their product like they wanted to tell you all about all the things and we talked about bringing someone on like from a dispensary here in the in the valley i'd do it it's fine by me we still need to revisit that i'm not (laughs) i'm not afraid of marijuana i'm just skeptical about it well you're i'm skeptical a a lot of things and timmy over over that, wherever that place is. Hey, man, he loved dogs. He just fit right? my stereotype way too he well. He loves dogs, man. But that's good that you at least went in and got out of your comfort zone and I'm had gonna, an open mind. I'll and picture me sniffing all the marijuana <laughs> yeah, varieties. Well, we might have to put that on the internet. But like, I just wanted, and Michael did it very willingly, matched my vulnerability of going to church with him. And right, he see? came in, he walked right into the dispensary with me with no so questions. As soon as you get baptized, I'll smoke one up. Baby. <laughs> All right. That's compromise. <laughs> Mike Stahl will like hearing that. That's why y'all have a great dynamic. Cause you get both bring something so different to the table, but yet you can open your mind enough to like venture into his world. You sure. venture into your world and it's cool. It. It's a cool friendship. So I, I like that episode. I do like Sean and Tommy, but I like spending time with you because you're a, a good friend of mine, man. And I really, I love you dude. Oh, wow. Why you got to turn that around and make it all emotional? Oh, I just thought about because it. We were just talking about, you know. I'm so baked right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect way to end this one. We love you guys. Mean it. Uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>